you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. thankful to be in the throne room tonight. This place, there's no telling what God is going to do. Isaiah saw the throne room. He said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up and his train filled the temple. Train, of course, in the Old Testament, the train of a king's robe was representative of all the nations that he had conquered and every victory that he had won. So Isaiah said, I saw the Lord and his victories literally filled the temple. And when we fast forward to the New Testament, you and I, when we got filled with the Holy Ghost, we became the temple of Almighty God. So if we only understood what the throne room was all about, you see his trait, his victory fills you and I when we get filled with the Holy Ghost. There's victory all over this place. Amen. There's, what, a, what an awesome, awesome presence of God is in this place tonight. You can return to your seats. I, I, I feel like the Lord wants to speak to us. Um, I'm very thankful for this opportunity tonight to bring the Word of God to you. This is my first time preaching on a Sunday night. I've done a few Wednesday nights here. And so uh, you'll forgive a young preacher if he's a little nervous tonight. Um, but I believe the Lord has a word before Pastor came to me last week and asked me to preach tonight. Um, God had already laid a scripture in my spirit and uh, it just began ruminating and it just began to to eat at me and I I want to just translate, just be a vessel tonight for what God wants to say to us. What a great crowd we have here tonight. So many guests, CLC, I know we did it before. Let's just give a hand for all our guests. I do want to give honor to my pastor tonight. Anybody thankful for your man of God? Praise God. We got an awesome pastor, an awesome pastoral staff. Brother and sister Jordan, brother and sister Lytle, brother and sister newcomer. We are blessed with the best. Amen. Amen. Give honor to this praise team. Didn't they do an awesome job? Praise God. They, they ushered us into the presence of the Lord. I do feel tonight like somebody and it might just be one or two people or it might be many but somebody came in here desperately needing a breakthrough if as a matter of fact if you've got everything all figured out and you don't need God to do anything for you you don't need God to move in your life you don't need God to turn something around 
You can just start ordering on Door. You can get on. I give you permission. Get on DoorDash. Go ahead and start tuning me out. But if you need God to touch you tonight, if you came tonight hungry, I believe that the Lord does have a word for us. Amen. And I and and I want to just do my best to speak it. And I'm. I promise I'm only going to take as long as it takes. But turn with me to the book of Mark, chapter number five, verses twenty-four through thirty-four. So thankful for my beautiful wife, recently given birth. She's doing good. God has just been blessing our family. Amen. I'm thankful to be a part of this church. Mark chapter number 5, verses number 24 through 34. And the scripture says, And Jesus went with him, him being Jairus, a man whose daughter was sick. And we know soon he would be going to her house to raise her from the, to his house to raise her from the dead. But the Bible says that as Jesus went with him, and much people followed him and thronged him. And the Bible tells us about a certain woman in verse 25. And a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years. And had suffered many things of many physicians. And had spent all that she had and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes. Another place says, if I may but touch the hem of his garment, then I know that I shall be made whole. The Bible says that she was healed of that plague, and Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Thy uh, daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. I don't have a very intricate, detailed great theological thing to give you tonight. I just have a very simple message. I want to talk to you about the secret to a breakthrough. The secret to a breakthrough. If you'd put down your Bibles and pray with me tonight. Lord, we love you. I humble myself before you. I give you glory. I give you honor. I give you praise. Lord, give me strength, Lord God, to preach what you want me to preach tonight. I don't want to be anything more than a vessel. I don't want to hinder what you want to do. But, Lord, I just want to be someone you can flow through tonight. And I know that's the prayer of every one of my brothers and sisters tonight, Lord, that you would be someone, Lord, that we would be someone you can flow through. God, I pray. If anybody's in this house and they need a breakthrough, give it to them tonight. If they need delivered in their mind or in their emotions or in their body or in their heart, God, that you would deliver them, that you would do a work among us. If anybody's in here tonight and they haven't received the precious gift of the Holy Ghost, let them receive it before they leave here tonight. God, we are going to leave this place in victory. We're going to leave this place anointed. We're going to leave this place appointed, God, to do what you're wanting us to do in these last days. And we give you glory, and we give you honor, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for standing so long. God bless you. You can be seated. Amen. Has anybody ever heard the term desperate times call for desperate measures? Desperate times call for desperate measures. That phrase is a very, very old phrase. In fact, 
Uh, some say it goes back as far as ancient Greece. Uh, the, the man who they named the Hippocratic Oath after uh, Hippocrates is said to have said something similar when he said the more extreme the disease, the more extreme measures that you're going to have to take for the cure. But we've all been faced with desperation in our lives a time or two. We all know what it is to be desperate. And this woman tonight in our scripture was in a place of desperation. As Jesus is following Jairus to his house, soon to raise his daughter from the dead, this woman's story interrupts the narrative and tells us of her desperate act, which ultimately led to her deliverance. Uh, she, she decides, I don't know if she was prompted by someone. I don't, all we know is that she heard of Jesus and she said, I believe that if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. She, she had only heard of him. As a matter of fact, there's, there's really not too many instances we know of of something like this happening where someone uh, just completely interrupts Jesus' plans and seeks out for herself, takes the initiative for themselves to be healed, to be made whole. But this woman was desperate because she had gone to doctor after doctor after doctor and the doctors could do nothing for her and she had this plague she had this issue of blood and if you understand what the law said about her you understand that she was an outcast of society this woman probably was a woman of great means if she had the money in those days at one point at least to go to all these doctors and to seek out all this care and to seek out all these answers she was probably a woman that once had some type of meaning in her life, that probably had a family, that probably had a lot of good things that she was hoping to one day by some miracle return to. But when someone under the law had a plague, they had to be cast out to the outer part of the city and they had to become an outcast and they were deemed unclean and anyone that saw them had to point at them and say that they were unclean and they could not get into a crowd like this without facing extreme legal consequences. And so this was a very daring act of faith. I've heard it said that this woman probably had to crawl through the crowd on her hands and knees to avoid this plague of the blood being noticed. We don't know that, that's conjecture. But regardless, it was a dangerous situation for her. If she was found out, she probably could have lost her life. She probably had to, 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 to debase herself a little bit, but she didn't have any pride left. She, she didn't have anything really left to lose. You want to know when God moves the most in our life? When we hit a place called rock bottom. Because there is a rock at the bottom. And that rock is the rock of our salvation. And if you come to the place where you feel like you're the, at the end of your rope and you've tried everything you can, I'm here to encourage somebody tonight. Why don't you try a miracle from the throne room of heaven? Why don't you try calling on the name of Jesus? Why don't you try seeing what God can do for you? I'm here to, hey, I'm here to preach to somebody that might feel like you're at rock bottom. There is a rock at the bottom. And you can stand on them and be made whole. You can stand on them and be healed. You can stand on them and be delivered. But you've got to get over your pride. You've got to get over your, 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 your sense of self in a way. You've got to get desperate. 
we read of her account, we can understand what motivated her. See, she was truly, truly, truly desperate. Proverbs 27 and 7 says that the full soul loatheth an honeycomb, but to the hungry soul every bitter thing is sweet. In other words, when you're truly desperate or when you're truly hungry, you don't complain about your opportunities or what you have to endure to get what you need. When, when you're truly hungry, you don't complain about how long altar call went after service. When you're truly hungry and you're truly desperate, you don't reject the chance to be in the presence of God again on a Sunday night. When you're truly desperate and you, re you relish every opportunity to meet with your youth pastor, young people, for early morning prayer. You rel relish every chance you get to come in here and worship the Lord with the praise team. You thank God every time that the church doors are open. You thank God every time. If you're truly desperate, if you're truly hungry, she was willing to do, understand tonight, she was willing to do whatever it took to get in the presence of the healer. And it was unorthodox. But this unorthodox, out-of-the-box act of faith and worship literally stopped Jesus in his tracks and got her her breakthrough. I've got a question for somebody tonight. How would you act for the remainder of this service if you knew that you had a 100% chance of getting God's attention? How would you act for the remainder of this service if you knew your worship might make all the difference for the rest of your life? How would you get with the preacher? How would you sing along? How long would you stay and linger at the altar if you knew this was your one chance to get everything that God has ever promised you. You see, some of you get it, but some of you, you don't need anything from God. You're full. You've been eating for, for years all this good stuff that comes out of this pulpit. We get, we get the best preachers in this pulpit. We get the best preaching I've ever heard. We get, we get the best singing of any church I've ever been associated with. But if we're not careful... We can get so full on that and think we've got it all together that we don't realize we're truly broken without the Lord. Let me tell you what I realize about my life. I'm nowhere near where I need to be. I'm nowhere near where God wants me to be. I could be doing everything that I feel like I'm called to do, but I still need Him every hour of every day and every minute of every hour. I still need the Lord. I'm hungry for Him. You may not be tonight. That's fine. Then I'll stay Snatch up everything heaven has for me. But I am hungry for a move of God. I'm desperate for a move of God in my life. I've got to have a change. I've got to get anointed one more time. I've got to hear from heaven one more time. I'm desperate. I'm hungry tonight. I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get in the presence of God. But I want to tell somebody tonight, God does care about you. He cares about the minutia and the little details of your life. I don't care if you're upset because you stubbed your toe and you're on the verge of backsliding about it. God still cares about your soul. I don't care, young people, if you're upset because you didn't get, a, you didn't get her number at camp. And you're, and you're thinking you're going to backslide over it. I hope not. But God cares about you. There, it doesn't, there's nothing in the eyes of God that is too silly for him to care about. There is no problem that is too small that the Lord is not caring. The Bible says to cast our cares upon him 
for he cares for us. You see, he went to a cross and died while we were yet sinners. Christ died for the ungodly. I want to point out something about our, our, our hero of faith tonight, this woman with the issue of blood. She didn't wait for an invitation. It really wasn't her turn, but it was her time because she said, it's my time. I'm going to make it my time. Jesus was in the midst of helping Jairus. Rather than get offended that he didn't call her out personally, she used his movement as an opportunity to get in his presence. You know how she would act if she was part of my generation? She'd, she'd get all offended and jealous and leave following Jesus because he was just too busy to help her. Then she'd leave a bad review on Facebook and make 27 posts passively, aggressively criticizing the whole Jesus movement. Talking about how she never got anything out of it. You want to know why some of, you, some of us come to church and we don't get everything out of it that, we're going to, that we thought we should have got out of it? You want to know why some of us sometimes get on the verge of backsliding over seemingly petty things? It's because we come here expecting to get a touch. She didn't come to that meeting expecting to get a touch. She said, I've got to go touch him. I wonder what would happen in this place tonight if somebody got a paradigm shift in their mind and said, I'm not waiting for a touch anymore. I'm going to touch him with my worship. I'm going to touch him with my faith. I'm going to touch him with my anticipation and my expectation. I'm going to press through the crowd and I'm going to get a hold of Jesus. Oh. If some of you would stop coming to service like it's a serve us. And you started coming to service with your mind made up. I'm going to praise the Lord. I'm going to worship the Lord. We sing, I feel like praising, praise. What if you don't feel like praising, praising him? Praise him anyhow. Because there is an answer. There is deliverance in your praise. There is a breakthrough in your worship. If you would just get determined tonight, my brother and my sister, that I'm going to touch Jesus. Who knows what could happen in your family? Who knows what could happen in your life? We want to wait for the awakening. We want to wait for the prophet of God, Prophet Gonzalez, get up here and call us out and tell us exactly everything we've been going through. Tell us exactly everything we've been doubting about, everything we've been worrying about. But what if we didn't have to wait until the awakening? What if we didn't have to wait until Pastor got on the phone and said, I feel like you've been going through something and I want to talk to you about it. What if we didn't have to wait for that? But what if we took the initiative to get our answer? What if we took the initiative, the audacity to say, God, I believe every promise that your word has for me. I believe every promise that your word has for me. See, some of us need to stop calling and texting everyone in church and telling them how discouraged you are and get on your knees on your bedside and worship until you have an old-fashioned move of the Holy Ghost. Well, five of you believe it. 
Did you know that you can have a move of the Holy Ghost when you're on your bedside at night? You don't got to wait till Sunday morning or Sunday night, church. You can have a move of God. You can lift your hands. You can talk in tongues. You can fall out in the Spirit. You see, the woman with the issue of blood wasn't going to waste the presence of God. I would to God that we would get a revelation that every time we gather, we can have a move of God. Every time we gather, something special can happen. Somebody can get the Holy Ghost every time we gather. Somebody can be delivered from the spirit of depression. Every time we gather, somebody can be delivered from addiction. Every time we gather, somebody, I'm going to preach until you believe me, can get baptized in Jesus' name. Every time we gather, there is more power in here to put millions of devils in this city to flight. Come on, if only you knew what kind of victory laid in this house. If only you knew what kind of presence of God is in this house. If only you remembered how good we have it, how anointed we are, what happens every time we come together. And worship the Lord. Oh, you would be convinced tonight that you were going to do whatever it took to touch him. You were going to do whatever it took. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm getting over COVID. My voice is a little weak. Amen. Just preach with me and I won't be too much longer. You see, she said within herself, if I could touch the hem of his garment. And I'm going to say something. Don't come to church with a mask on. Because you're not doing yourself any good. Come to church vulnerable. Alright? I'm not saying you got to tell everybody every detail of your life. But if you need the victory, come to church to get the victory. Don't, don't try to fool everybody by having your tie just right and your suit just right. I'm not saying be, in the, be moping. As a matter of fact, that's the exact opposite of what I'm preaching. But I'm saying don't come to church with a mask on. Why do we gather? Why do we do what we do? Is it not so we can pray for one another? Is it not so we can lift each other up? Let me tell you something. You don't ever need to be afraid. I, I know the heart of my pastor, and I'm going to tell you, you don't ever need to be afraid that pastor's going to be up here judging you, thinking less of you, because you need to come crawling to an altar and asking God to touch your life. He'll be thrilled to see you seeking the Lord. Let me tell you something. I know the heart of this ministry team. That's what they want to see. It's time we started getting real in church. Stop acting like we have it all together and start realizing that every single one of us is a broken sinner. Every single one of us is a sinner far from the Lord. Every single one of us sometimes gets discouraged, gets depressed, needs a breakthrough. Ain't none of us have it all together. But she said within herself, I have got to touch. Because if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I know that I will be made whole. I'm not one of these word of faith preachers. Okay, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not one of them. You know, I, I was watching a video. I sent it, I sent it to uh, Pastor Dylan the other day. There's this video of uh, uh, this guy, and I won't, I won't say his name, but you probably know who it is when I tell you the story. Uh, he's one of these word of faith televangelists, and 
and, and he said, watch this. And he tells his congregation, put your hands on your head. And he said, bald spots, I'll call you gone. Hair, grow. That's the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. Maybe I'm just bitter because I tried it and obviously... But that's not in the Word of God. I'm not one of these preachers that says you can just blab it and grab it, name it and claim it, but I'm here to tell you if it's in this Word, the promise is for you. That's real cute. I said if it's in this Word, the promise is for you. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, this promise is unto you and to your children and all that are far off. It's not the will of God for you to be depressed. It's not the will of God for you to be discouraged. It's not the will of God for you to be crippled by anxiety and be crippled by fear. It is the will of God for you to have peace. It is the will of God for you to have joy. It is the will of God for you to have victory and walk in victory. But it does not matter what you believe about God. If what you say in yourself doesn't line up. Some of us need to start getting up in the morning instead of saying, well, it's going to be another bad day. Here I go, going to a job I hate. Working on a commute I hate. With this traffic that I hate. My life's so miserable. Everything's so terrible. Some of us need to get up and say, no, today I'm going to give the devil a bad day. Today I'm going to be a walking nightmare for the enemy. Today I'm going to walk in victory. Today I'm going to act like a child of God. Today I'm going to believe that Jesus is in me and with me. And I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. I'm not preaching the power of positive thinking. But some of you need to start speaking the word of God over your life. If you hear an external voice consistently telling you that you're no good, that you aren't called, that you aren't chosen, that you're ugly, that you're worthless, that you've got nothing to offer, let me tell you who that is. That is the enemy of your soul. That is the devil. And Jesus let us in on a little secret about the devil. He said that he is the father of lies and the truth is not in him. So the next time the devil comes at you and starts trying to discourage you, you ought to say, devil, thank you for encouraging me because I know the opposite of everything that you say is true. So if you say I'm no good, that must mean I've been made righteous by the blood of Jesus. If you say I can't make it, that must mean I'm more than a conqueror through him that loves us but we've got to say it within ourselves that 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 we can do all things through Christ we've got to learn to speak to ourselves and say I believe every promise that I've ever felt from God I believe every promise that God has for me here's the danger in speaking the opposite of God's promises over your life look at Hebrews chapter 3 verses 15 through 19 Hallelujah, praise God. Walt has said, today, this is the writer of Hebrews writing, today if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the day of provocation. For some when they heard did provoke, howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses, but with whom was he the Lord grieved forty years. Was it not with them that had sinned 
whose carcasses fell in the wilderness. And to whom, catch this, swear he that they should not enter into his rest. But to who? Them that what? Them that believed not. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. What a sobering account from Scripture to read. When we read this account, we know that there was consistent. We understand the context. It's talking about those Israelites that did not enter into the promised land. Why? Because they constantly murmured against Moses. And they constantly murmured against the Lord. And they chose not to believe. And though it was their promise, they forfeited the promises of God. Because they told themselves over and over and over again that there is no way that we can do it. And so I want to ask you, what have you convinced yourself of? What have you convinced yourself of tonight? I want to be clear, very clear about something. I am not preaching tonight about how great we are. It's like Pastor said this morning, I can't do it without him. I'm not talking about how great we are. Like, like the Apostle Paul said, in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. But I am preaching tonight about how great God is. He is still, in 2022, a God that delivers. He is still, in 2022, a God that heals. He is still, in 2022... A God that can make a way where there seems to be no way. He is still faithful. It's not about my faithfulness. Because if it was about my faithfulness, I would have been destroyed a long, long time ago. But it is about, I'm standing here before you tonight because I am a product of His faithfulness. I wonder if there's anybody that can say with me, if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, it's never been about how faithful I am. It's always been about how faithful He is. It's always been about how good God has been to me. Oh, and I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that He has done for me. My soul cries out, hallelujah. Thank God for saving me. Are there any apostolics in the house tonight that are thankful for the faithfulness of God? That are thankful that when you didn't deserve it, He died for you anyhow? Are thankful for the blood of Jesus? Washing away your every sin. Oh, why don't we worship the Lord for a moment for His faithfulness? not going to be much longer there are some things you don't have to question whether or not they're the will of God for your life if you need the Holy Ghost you don't have to question it it is God's will for you to leave this service tonight with the baptism of the Holy Ghost so if you've never spoken in other tongues as the spirit gives the utterance like they did in the book of Acts God wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost if some of you are fighting a spirit of depression it is not the will of God for you. My God. I'm going to take a step out in faith here. I speak to the spirit of depression. 
that has been holding down some of you for so long. I'm talking about some of you have been dealing with it for years. That I rebuke the spirit of depression tonight in the name of Jesus. Somebody that's been dealing with it tonight is going to be delivered. Come on, church. Somebody needs this tonight. You want me to help you out? I believe in modern science and I believe in modern medicine. But the UC of London just came out with a study. They said there is no such thing as a chemical imbalance. Now, I'm not preaching against medicine. I'm not preaching against psychiatry. But I am telling you that depression is a spirit. And it needs to be conquered at an altar. It needs to be conquered at an altar. It needs to be put under the blood of Jesus and left here. And you can walk out tonight in victory. You can walk out tonight in joy. Oh, it is joy unspeakable and full of glory. And I said it is joy unspeakable. Hey, he said, I'm going to give you joy for your morning. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy is coming in the morning. A spirit of praise for the garment of heaviness. Come on, somebody. I'm thankful tonight for the joy of the Lord that is our strength. I'm not saying tonight that we can just create our own version of reality with words. But I am saying that you can talk yourself into victory and you can talk yourself out of victory. If you constantly tell yourself God can't do it, guess what you're going to see? You're going to constantly be frustrated in your walk with God. Let me tell you why I'm here tonight. And forgive the personal example. I, I don't really know much else. But, and I asked my mom and dad if it was okay if I talked about this because I don't want to embarrass them. But for several years of my life, I would say from the time I was around 8 to the time I was 23, 22, 23 years old, my family was backslidden. My mom and dad were in and out of church until eventually they just fell out completely. Thank God for what he's done. But they would consistently tell me everything that's wrong with the UPC. Everything. Why? Why? Because they were hurting. And so they would would try to get me to hurt with them. Because hurting people need someone to to be there. and and, And they need someone to understand. Why? Because they were convicted. And so they needed me to understand why they were not living the life that I was trying to live as a teenager. But let me tell you the reason why I'm here tonight. When I was the only person in my house going to church, there are some young people that you might be the only person in your house living for God. I I don't know all of your stories. I know most of you come, come from good church families. But let me tell you something. When I was about your age, I had to make a decision that I was not gonna let anything take me out of the house of God. And I'm telling you, when I dealt with doubt, when I dealt with attack, when I dealt, it was I was literally sometimes hanging on by the by the skin of my teeth, but I had made up my mind that nothing was gonna take me out of the house of God. And I'm here to preach to somebody tonight. If you will make up your mind 
like this woman in our text, that nothing is going to keep you from getting to the feet of Jesus. There's no telling what God is going to be able to do in your life. You got to get a bulldog grip on truth. You got to say, I bought the truth and it's not for sale. Buy the truth, the Bible says, and sell it not. We've got to be determined to get through the crowd. We've got to be determined to press through the discouragement, press through the other people telling us there's no use, the other people telling us not to have faith. Come on, you've been holding on to faith for too long. No, I haven't been holding on for long enough until I get to the feet of Jesus, until I press my way through the crowd, and until he heals my body, until he heals my mind. Until he delivers on his promise, I'm going to push. I'm going to make my way to the feet of Jesus. Musicians can come. What am I preaching to you tonight? Oh, there have been some Sundays where I've dragged my flesh out of bed and forced myself to be in the house of God. There have been things I've gone through that should have destroyed my walk with God and my ministry. But I'm here tonight preaching to you because I got it settled a long time ago. I wasn't going to let anything keep me from getting to the feet of Jesus. There is a level of faith that touches Him. We sing, He touched me, oh yes, He touched me. But there is a level of faith that touches the Lord. And if what I feel in the Holy Ghost is correct, I believe there are some people under the sound of my voice, if we could stand, that are in need of a breakthrough. And you have a choice. I set before you a choice tonight. You can either decide to just let this be another Sunday night where we come to the altar and we do this little number. that somebody's praying that's cute we, we can just let it be another Sunday night and I'm not being critical I'm trying to help us tonight where we just come to the altar we sing our one or two little cute songs and we lift our hands and we smile and we look at everybody else and we keep our mask on and we act like everything's alright we act like we don't really need a breakthrough we act like we don't really need God to come and deliver us from thoughts that have been tormenting us we don't need, I feel the Holy Ghost right now I'm speaking to somebody, we act like we don't need God to do a work in our mind, to do a work in our, in our emotions and in our heart and in our family and in our marriage and in our children or we can get desperate tonight for a move of God. We can be like this woman in the text and say, I'm going to push through and I'm going to do whatever it takes to touch him with my prayer. Oh my God, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house ready to minister to somebody. If you need the Lord to touch you, 
If you have made up in your mind that you're not going to leave this place the same way you come in, why don't you run to this altar? Why don't you find a place to talk with God? Why don't you be vulnerable with Him for a few moments? If you see somebody praying, you ought to come and pray with Him like you were the one in need. If you see somebody that needs a touch, you ought to come and pray with her. Come on, we are are the body of Christ. We ought to be unified tonight. We ought to be praying for one another tonight. The Spirit of the Lord is here to heal us. Come on, some of you are pressing through right now. I want to encourage somebody. Keep pressing tonight. Keep seeking God tonight. Get your touch. Get your breakthrough. We'll see you